thrillers, chillers, and chicks. Welcome back to Thrillers, Chillers, and Chicks. I am your host, Hannah. And I'm your other host, Erica. And we, again, have not stuck to the schedule we told you guys we were going to do. And that's my fault. But we're back today to talk about Sleepaway Camp. No. Hey, it's rough out there, man. (laughs) It is rough out there, man. And apparently, I have been told by one of my hippie friends that 23 is astrologically, like, a really terrible year for people. Oh, like the age? Yeah, apparently, like, when you turn 23, some planet is in some house, and that means our life sucks. Oh, is Mercury in retrograde? That's the only astrological thing I know. (laughs) No, but I forgot what she said it was. I think it has something to do with Saturn, but if that's not true, please don't come for me, astrology people. I know so little. <laughs> They're younger than me. They literally just texted me one day and was like, hey, does your life kind of suck? And I was like, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but it's been rough out here in these streets for the past few months. And they are like, that's because you're 23. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so there you go. That's my excuse. Mercury is in Gatorade. And that's why I haven't been able to stick to a schedule. But anyways, uh, we're here today to talk about the cult classic Sleepaway Camp. Do you know what year that came out, Erica? Ooh, I can find out for you, like, right now, this second. Um, It came out, hold on, I got this, 1983, baby. 1983, okay, it's almost 40 years old now. Ooh, already. Almost, almost as old as Matthew Gray Goobler, the love of my life. Um, Isn't that a thing? 30, 40, something? 30, something. Isn't it flirty and 30? Oh, probably. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know what the thing is. I don't know what the thing is when you're 40. <laughs> Welcome to middle age. You're 40. Yay, middle age. So, Erica had really been wanting to watch Sleepaway Camp because it's a pretty um, well-known slasher flick, and I had never heard of it before, but Erica was really excited to watch it, so we watched it a couple weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I think the use of practical effects kind of really got to me. Like, I love practical effects in movies, but... They're, I love them because they're so realistic, but because it was a slasher film, it was, like, really unsettling for me, like, how realistic some of these effects were. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job, and I love practical effects. So, but they, they really drove it home. It was really gross to look at some of the people. They did a fantastic job. But, uh, so the movie opens with, uh, we see some people on a lake, about three teenagers on a speedboat and they have a friend behind them water skiing always a great combo three teenagers in a boat and then a dad with his young daughter and young son hanging out on their tiny little sailboat rig thing and 
were kind of going back and forth between the two groups, watching them enjoy the day on the lake. And one of the girls on the speedboat is saying to the boy who's driving, like, come on, let me drive. Don't you think I'm pretty? And, like, flipping her hair. And he's like, I don't know, but you don't know how to drive a boat. And she's like, but I do, though. And so he says, okay. And you're just like, oh, no. (laughs) And so badly. And surprise, it does. So the dad and his two kids have somehow wound up in the water. Their boat flipped over. They're just playing around, you know, splashing, enjoying themselves. And then, lo and behold, the teenage girl driving the boat does not see them and mows down the dad and one of the children. And we see the other child just helplessly flailing in the water as the teenagers scream as they realize... They're stupid and shouldn't be allowed to drive things. And then we cut to some time later in the future. We see a boy and a girl, probably each about 13. Um, Ricky and his cousin Angela are about to go to summer camp. And Ricky's mom, who they live with, is giving them everything they need. And it's just a very strange interaction, like, We can tell his mom is really weird and she gives them their medical records for camp and she makes a point to tell Ricky, don't tell anyone that I did these medical records for you because they wouldn't like it and off to camp they go. And Angela is immediately kind of singled out and picked on because she's very quiet, doesn't really talk. Uh, Ricky's ex-girlfriend from the year before, uh, Judy, who is renowned around camp for having large boobies, even though they're maybe a B-cup at most, Uh, (laughs) was uh, particularly not fond of Angela and makes her life very difficult. And... uh, Their introduction in the cabin doesn't go so well. Judy immediately doesn't like her and corrals one of the camp counselors, Meg, into picking on Angela as well. The campers all go to eat their first meal together and Angela doesn't seem to be eating. One of the camp counselors brings her to the back in the kitchen to see if they can find her something that she might like to eat just so she has something to snack on. One of the cooks in the kitchen who earlier was making extremely creepy comments about the children as they were arriving um tells angela he has some food she might like in the back pantry brings her to the back pantry and basically uh starts messing with his pants he's about to you know assault her and then angela's cousin ricky bursts in and saves her and later on we see the same cook trying to boil this enormous pot of water. Um, I guess it's they it's necessary because they're trying to feed like a hundred something kids. And uh, he has to stand on a stool to reach the top of the pot to throw stuff in. And he's checking on the water. He's alone in the kitchen. We see someone come up behind him. Um, from the camera angle, we can tell it's a, a child. And he turns around and kind of says, oh, what are you doing here? And then the stool is pushed out from under him. This huge vat of boiling water falls on top of him. His skin is melting off as he's screaming in agony. He's taken away in a stretcher. And the director of the camp pays off the rest of the kitchen staff to keep it quiet so that parents don't pull their kids from the camp. 
later on, uh, Angela still isn't getting along well with other campers. Um, some of the older boys are picking on her, asking her out as a joke, um, until one of Ricky's friends, Paul, intervenes, and he's actually really sweet and takes the time to actually get to talk to her. And that's the first time we hear Angela's voice when Paul leaves the social. He says goodnight to her, and she says goodnight back. Um, later on, those same boys who had been picking on Angela were harassing some of the older girls to go canoeing with them. One of them tips over the canoe that he and this older girl are in. The girls all leave, and he's still messing around in the water. Someone pops up next to him, still unseen to us, and he says, what are you doing here? And then he is immediately and promptly drowned. The next morning, he's discovered by another camp counselor. He looks to have been gnawed on by probably snapping turtles, and he has a snake slithering out of his mouth. It's very disgusting. And he's taken away, and the camp director, again, tries to say, oh, it's just an accident. These things happen. We shouldn't tell the parents and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of the kids get pulled after that. And then these older boys just can't seem to leave Angela alone. They're throwing water balloons at her from the roof of their cabin. And after that happens, uh, one of them has to go to the bathroom in the cabin. And we see a broom handle slide into the door handle of the stall. And a hand cut open the screen of the window behind him. And a hornet's nest or beehive or something of that nature is thrown into the stall with him. He's screaming as he's attacked and he manages to break out of the stall, falls down, face covered in bees, and he dies. And by this point, the camp director is losing his mind. It was very um, Joe the Tiger King, like, I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> like... <laughs> He man's is stressing, but not because like four people have died on his watch. He's just like, oh my god, my I, I, my reputation as a camp counselor, like my career is done. It's like, well, you're 65 and a camp counselor, so you know, or camp director. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you know, career is a generous term. Um, but <laughs> uh, after that. Um, you know, they try to uplift the spirits of the kids who are still there. Um, not many. And they have a social that night. There's um, one of the boy camp counselors takes a lot of the little boys, maybe like five or six, on an overnight sleepover under the stars in the woods. And he's kind of annoyed about it because he doesn't want to be babysitting all these kids in the woods. So I kind of don't blame him. But he goes, takes all the little kids, and then the camp counselor who had been, uh, you know, going along with Judy's kind of antagonizing of Angela, Meg, um, has the night off. And she approaches the crusty old camp director and kind of, you know, suggestively asks him if he wants to have dinner that night, and he agrees. So Meg goes to take a shower. And she is stabbed in the back, and the knife, it it goes into her back, and it is dragged from shoulder blade to tailbone. And she dies in the shower stall, and uh, 
The camp director goes to look for her. When he finds her, he's distraught, and he is convinced that it's Angela's cousin Ricky, this boy who has called him out on not having control over the kids at his camp because they continue to bully his cousin. He's like, that kid has it out for me, so he's murdering people. That 13-year-old boy is behind this. So he goes out in search of Ricky. Back in the cabin next door, Judy is there pouting because a boy she was trying to make out with left her alone in the dark because he didn't want to get caught and get in trouble. And to console herself, she's curling her hair. I guess just self-care, you know. Um, And then the door flies open. And we see somebody standing in the doorway. We can see their face. But it's lit in such a way that they look familiar, but maybe not quite. And as they walk in, Judy says, what are you doing here? And then they are killed with their own curling iron. Oh, I just got distracted. Erica's eating pizza. That looks good. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was delivered to me. No, it looks good. Um, I'm sorry, everyone. Um, And so then... Um, we see Angela and Paul uh, have agreed to meet at the beach. Um, before that, uh, the camp the camp director, who had been looking for Ricky, finds him, decides the best course of action is to just beat the shit out of him and <laughs> leave him unconscious on the forest floor. Uh, the camp director kind of stumbles out of the woods to the archery range, he makes eye contact with someone and says, it's you, and immediately receives an arrow to the throat. He's dead. We see the camp counselor who had all the little boys. Uh, He's in the woods with them. Two of them are like, I don't want to be out here. There's bugs and it's cold. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll take you back to the cabin. Um, I can leave 10 little five-year-old boys unattended in the woods. So he takes them back to the cabin. He comes back. Surprise, you shouldn't do that with a murder on the loose. All of the little boys have been eviscerated in their sleeping bags. They're dead. He freaks out. Earlier, Paul and Angela had talked again at the social. Things had been going well between them. They had a night where they were hanging out on the beach, and Paul tried to kiss Angela and take her shirt off, which she did not react well to at all. And in his frustration at not being able to see, like, get through to Angela, uh, the next day, Paul had kissed Judy. Angela had walked in on them and been very upset. So at this social, he tries to get her forgiveness and get her to talk to him again. And she asks him to meet her on the beach. When they get to the beach, um, Angela tells him to take off his clothes. Paul gets really excited. I believe his exact words were, all right, as he starts taking off his shirt. And then uh, we see the other camp counselors finding this trail of bodies from the little boys to Meg to Judy. And then they're, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. They stumble on the beach. Angela's sitting there with her back to them, stark naked, and she's humming and cradling you know peter i'm sorry paul in her lap and then they call out to her angela jumps up 
and we see Paul's decapitated head roll off of her lap and she starts just she kind of freezes and is like snarling and screaming at them and we see that Angela has been a boy all along something we can determine because she is in fact stark naked and we see a flashback from when Angela was um little and right after her father and sister were killed in the boating accident and she goes to live with her aunt who we saw earlier in the film is a little cocoa bananas um cuckoo bananas i don't know the phrase um she's saying that she already has a little boy and she doesn't want another little boy she wants a little girl and so her new name is going to be angela and she was essentially raised as a girl from the time that her father and sister died and that is sleepaway camp i believe i got everyone who died because <laughs> there was a lot of murder happening that's all, the, all important the important ones like all the, the important ones yes did i miss someone Mm-mm. i okay. think there are like smaller like i think because i found like a death count and in the death count I think it also like counted all the little kids and and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah, because there was a lot of those little kids. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I really enjoyed this movie. I think I I called it pretty early on that Angela was a boy, um, because they one of the reasons Judy was like making fun of her was because she would never go into the water when they were swimming. Um, she would never shower at the same time as the other girls, and I just thought it was really weird that their aunt had done their medical records for them, and I was just like, I bet you it was the little girl who died in the boating accident, and this was actually the little boy, like, Angela's a boy, and I held on to that theory throughout the whole movie, and I was very excited that it was Erica can can verify because I can definitely verify. Erica was throwing out a, a couple different theories and they were good, and I was just like, no, <laughs> boy. They 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 were all right. I think all my theories I think went a little too out there, <laughs> even for the movie. I was kind of like, well, what if this was all something? And <laughs> I was like, that's nothing. I <laughs> I overdid it. I think they could have been cool if they'd been brave enough. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I have fun facts about that, too. There is a lot of adjusting to this movie to make it, because I think it's, like, TV or, like, PG-13 or something like that. And it turns out some uh, things were adjusted. Or, wait, let me see. No, okay, sorry. It is rated R. <laughs> I was going to say there is no but, way to I was like, wait, hold it hold on no it is rated r but they had to do a lot of things to keep it rated r and not get rated like what are they ma or something like that like to keep it at an r rating x rated i think there is an x and a mature whatever is above that they were trying yeah. to avoid it they were just like well let's keep this rated r gosh yeah. Okay. Well, tell us all your fun facts. I know you have several. Oh, you want me to start with the fun facts? Yes, I do. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, interesting stuff. So, one of the questions we had, because at the end, you know, um, 
we see Angela stark naked and we're like, okay, <laughs> that's happening. Um, uh, and so we get that and that's how you kind of find out Angela was actually the little boy who died in the um, boating accident in the beginning. And um, so for that scene, because um, I wasn't sure, I was like, it looks like they got a female actress to play Angela mm-hmm. um, throughout it and to like, you know, even play like, I think the Peter was his name, the little boy in the accident. I think they yeah. even did something for that. But um, uh, for that scene, they actually got a nude man, not just any nude man. I'm sure he was hired or something. Um, yeah. So they actually cast a mask of the actress's face who played Angela um, and kind of made like a, a mask or like a fake version of her face. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like a, a mask of her face on uh, an adult man. <laughs> I was wondering, because I, I was like, I think this was before the years of CGI, but I know they're not having a child just strip naked for this shot. No. Like, the, the man, they said it was like a college student, I imagine, so he's at least 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it said that he, they actually, whoever it was, actually needed to get drunk before they were able to do the scene. Uh, <laughs> but nobody knows who the college student was, and even now, no one, like, they don't credit him. They, he never came out and read, said he was in the movie, nothing. Like, he's just a mysterious, skinny I mean, man. Which I get it too. If I <laughs> full frontal is a lot <laughs> for, for your breakout role. Full frontal, holding a dislocated <laughs> head and screaming <laughs> like it's, it's it's a lot. Also, um, imagine being like a college student, and they're like, "You look like you have the body of a thirteen-year-old boy <laughs> who could pass as a woman. Yeah, so. pass as a thirteen-year-old girl for an entire yeah. <laughs> like if you had to." You could pass as a 13-year-old girl. I wouldn't be putting that in my Tinder bio, necessarily. <laughs> Here's, what, $100? No, I, I have no idea if he got paid. He never have gotten paid, damn. <laughs> Maybe they paid him in the beer they gave him to get drunk. I doubt it. I'm sure they probably gave him some money. He committed his penis to film for at least the past 40 years. He That's deserved true. at least $50. At least, at least 50 <laughs> all right so the next fun fact i have is so judy is actually the only death in the film that you don't really see or see the aftermath of mm-hmm. and so it turns out that the shot of dead judy was like too grisly so the mpaa the people who make the ratings uh cut it out like they were like mm, no we're not doing that how did she even like get killed with the curling iron because i know we were confused about that too so <laughs> I was afraid you were going to ask this question, which it's a valid question. So... He sodomized her with the curling iron. Trigger warning. No one knows for sure, but everyone has come to that conclusion based on some... And, like, it's a valid conclusion, because, like, I thought... It's kind of weird, and I thought that, like, maybe uh, Angela had, like, stabbed her and just kind of let it melt through her, but that's not necessarily plausible. Um... And people said that, like, it's hard to see because I did kind of look at the scene that we are given to try and see if I can see what they were seeing. And I, it's hard to see, but then the hand with the uh, curling mm-hmm. iron is kind of moving more down versus, like, towards Judy's head or her arms or anything like that. So they think that she was probably assaulted with the iron in some way <laughs> and died 
and that's why I like the pillow. Yeah, kind of weird um, for a movie. I'm ultimately glad it was cut. I don't think the movie would have benefited from that at all. Oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> I think even knowing that kind of hurts the movie for me in my head, just because it's so out there, even in terms of the movie, but... I don't know. I watch a lot of Law & Order SVU, so I guess... (laughs) Like, that is so messed up, though. Like, it it just seems like a real leap in terms of intensity from, like, a slasher, you know, a campy kind of slasher fic is the energy it has. And no one else dies. Like, everyone's dead pretty straightforward, aside from, like... The, you know, I think I think Judy did have the most like excruciating death aside mm-hmm. from the pedophile. That's true. That's true. The That's pedophile's death was really gnarly. It was totally gnarly, which the next one fact is actually about that death. But um it was really gnarly. I guess I found it different because like it was still like a more physical wound aside from like getting assaulted with an eye. <laughs> That's a pretty physical wound, too, man. Like, no, not (laughs) physical like that, but, like, not that intimate, if that makes sense. Like, he's scalding and burned, and that's, like, gnarly and grisly, but it's it's very different from, like, using an object, (laughs) a a hot object at that to, like, kill someone from the inside out. Yeah, that is true. So so to me, that was kind of a leap, even in, like, the nature, because that's, like, a very psychosexual death. (laughs) You know? There's definitely... Like, I can... I can see why that was the route she went, because Judy, in terms of her torment of Angela, was very sexual and, like, making fun of her for not taking her clothes off and whatever. So I kind of get it, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I can definitely see why they cut it, you know, to keep it rated R. <laughs> um, next, so... Uh, oh, also fun fact: the pedo cook's name is Artie, because <laughs> um, I have it in my, <laughs> my fun fact. Book. So for that, uh, because the practical effects are so good and I love them, um, so they actually put the actor on a fake floor. So it wasn't like the actual the actual floor of the building. They like built a floor for him to kind of be on, and they did that because that they they could kind of cover him and all that nasty slimy stuff, mm-hmm. but also the blisters that they put on him since he got like burned they were kind of like oozing and moving and stuff which was really gross but they made the flake floor so that they could use some like tubing uh and pump liquid gelatin through those blisters to make it look as nasty as it did which i think it worked it was like guys if you haven't seen it it was so so nasty like I had a a roommate in college whose mother worked as a burn unit nurse and they would tell me like, you know, you see some really grisly stuff in the burn unit. And I was always like, man, I would never want to work in a burn unit. And that scene has only (laughs) strengthened (laughs) that resolve to never work in a burn unit. (laughs) That's true. A burn unit or an ER. I feel like those those are they're probably kind of close together. I don't really know. I know they probably do see burns in the ER. It's just in I the burn unit, ER you got to wear like that really thick like rubbery hazmat suit and then you smell like charred human flesh. You got to take sheets of skin off of people and put new sheets of skin oh. on them. Do they work with like 
is it like a general burn unit? Because another type of burn that's really gnarly is chemical burns. Ooh. Super gnarly. <laughs> like, those can be so gross. And they'll that's probably definitely need a hazmat suit for that, because chemicals. I really don't know. I just, the story <laughs> they always told was they and their brother, like, one day after school, had to just go sit in the burn unit and wait for their mom to be done with work. And behind, they, like, someone had gotten really... I think it was a motorcyclist had gotten, like, road burn or something like that. Ooh, road burn and, is awful. Yeah, and they said they he was, like, behind the curtain. They saw his all the skin from his leg lifted up, put in the trash can, <laughs> like, new skin, taken, slapped on. Skin. Get it on there. Was, like, ten. <laughs> like... <laughs> A core memory. <laughs> Definitely a core memory. I had to hear that story many times. And I was like, just because you were traumatized doesn't mean I want to be. Yes, road burn's really gnarly. So gnarly, because my parents ride motorcycles. They don't really know because their motorcycle's kind of busted. But um, uh, they had always told me, they just raised me with the belief that when you got in a motorcycle, you were supposed to wear at the least long pants. Yes. Which is kind of a given just because you're, you know, the pipes are very hot on mm-hmm. the bike. But they also, like, even in the summertime, we always wore big jackets or leather jackets. And part of it was so if anything did happen, the road burn would at the very least be minimal, if there at all. <laughs> yeah, so. I got on a motorcycle once, and he, the same way, always at least jeans, leather jacket, gloves. And all of that stuff he was wearing got torn to shreds and if he had not been wearing that it would have been his skin that was torn to shreds every time i see someone wearing a tank top on a motorcycle i yep. a that i'm in the deep south and b don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> you're like ah. i'm like Ooh, i don't like that okay uh the next fun fact i'll skip because i think that's going to be an important talking point uh but it, we'll come back to it um, the next one was just that the total body count was 13, and I think that's just also counting all the little kids and whatever else. Um, uh, there is also, so we see, when Angela first comes to the camp, uh, you can actually see her bag, um, like the the bag she took with all her clothes and stuff in it, um, and it's actually kind of cool. So it looks like they snuck in a uh easter egg for the rocky horror picture show uh which is uh understandable because um i love the rocky horror picture show uh but dr frankenfurter has an entire number about how they are a sweet transvestite from transylvania um so it's very subtle because i i definitely had to look it up um because in the movie rocky picture horror show he wears like a lab jacket because he's like you know making the other guy whatever minor spoiler sorry uh and he has like a triangle on the jacket uh and angela's bag is the same color as his lab coat and has a little triangle on it too so it was a cool little cool little thing um the cop at the end of the movie has an obviously fake mustache uh which is just kind of famous because of how bad it is that mustache was worse than the mustache i got in my spy kit when i was seven years old and that's saying something, because that mustache was bad. I do not know why they did that to him. <laughs> like, I don't know why you could just they not have it. low on the budget, and they were just like, uh, here, we got it from the gas station. <laughs> like, we ran down a Cracker Barrel and got a pack of those fake mustaches. 
la la da da da. They just took. <laughs> you can't see, but Hannah's cat, who is black and white, is sitting on her lap. They just took like a piece of tape, uh, and went to your couch and got all of Fergie's black hairs and uh-huh. stuck it on his face. Just the contents of my chom chom <laughs> stuck it on his face. <laughs> But I just I put it in there because you you said something about it right away. It took me a minute just because I was like <laughs> murder, and then you were like, "Bro, what's up with that mustache?" Yeah, you were paying like, attention hey. to what was actually like being said and happening, and I was just like, "Why did they give him that mustache?" <laughs> I just wanted to let you know that this that you that is a, a very astute observation and a very famous one for the movie. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Justice for the cop. Justice for, justice for the cop. Um, and oh, then <laughs> wait. Um, <laughs> given that sentence, I should say uh, we are <laughs> a, a anti-racist uh, BLM supporting podcast. Yeah, I, I would think so. I am very black, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just. <laughs> We just be justice for the actor who played that cop because they sure did him dirty. <laughs> justice for you know what? <laughs> what do you say when you want I when you want someone to be held accountable? Because I was gonna say justice for the prop department. Do you still say justice for? Or like how about jail for the prop? Jail department? for the prop department. <laughs> they did. They were. They made a cast of that actress's face right for the final scene and they just said here's a fake mustache they they spent all their money on that rubber cast or whatever they spent all their money on liquid gelatin for the blisters on the pedophile (laughs) yes I (laughs) but why did he have to have a mustache he could have just not had a mustache that's what I don't understand he didn't have to have one I wish I could say I had a fun fact or I had found something that said why, but there is no reason other than chaos. He showed up and he was clean shaven like, oh, Gary, we told you for this role, you have to have a mustache. And he's like, oh, man, but I only have like two lines. Like, is it going to be that big of a deal? Like, yes, it is. Now you have to wear the mustache of shame. Mm-hmm. Yes. It wouldn't have happened, yeah. Gary, if you had listened to what we said and read your contract. Like he could have he could have just been clean shaped. True that, like we could have known he was a cop unless he had like a mustache. Did they also have to put a donut in his hand? You're like, real. Sure that's a police officer unless he has a porn stash. <laughs> like that's a porn stash. I just <laughs> it was just so weird. They play such a minor role. it was weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so hung up on this mustache. No, it's a valid thing to be hung up on because it's it's seemingly there for no reason other than to look as bad as it does. So bad. Oh goodness. And and the last fun fact before the discussion um, is that there are actually alternate ending scenes, uh, and there were scenes with Angela. Like they're only stills. You can actually see them, but you kind you might have to dig. I had to kind of dig for them. Um, if you look them up, but there were scenes of Angela, uh, kind of without like the long hair and you know the outfit, so um, she looks more like she did before <laughs> she was dubbed Angela and made to be the lady's daughter. Um, 
uh, but uh, they're looking at the camera and they seem to be in like a cell. It looks more like a mental facility cell. Um, but they're like looking at the camera kind of sad. And there is actually an alternate version of Angela when she's naked and like Peter's head falls off. Uh, and in that one, the main difference is instead of Peter's head like rolling off, she's actually holding it by the stump, which is super, <laughs> which is gross. That scene was really like Why shocking the and disturbing. Yes, so it was holding it by like the <laughs> the stump, and it's it looks just as scary and bad. <laughs> this is another yeah. thing though. Can we talk about how good that knife was? She she took off that boy's entire head with like a Bowie knife. Mm-hmm. And that knife had already been through a couple rounds. Cause... That knife had been through a wooden door. <laughs> I want to know what kind of knife she uses. Maybe she had a lot of time. <laughs> she was like sharpening the blade. Yeah. She she seemed to be like whistling while she was working. She said, la da da. Really though, man. That final scene was so disturbing though. Like that really got to me more than maybe any other scene I think we've seen so far except for maybe in Hereditary when she garrets off her own head with a piano wire yeah yeah same same I definitely agree there that was that, that was, was a lot because it's weird yeah. and like it's only made weirder because whoever the guy was who did that scene was able to stand perfectly still uh and because it was a cast of her face the face doesn't move at all but everything around uh you know naked a reveal Angela is still moving so it's just disturbing and it's like that her scream is like echoing and then they do some things with the cow it's like super freaky yeah <laughs> it's really freaky but they I I enjoyed a lot of cinematog cinema cinema cinegraph cinema yes yes <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> a lot of cool movie stuff about this movie yes. it was really well done I enjoyed it um you know, it's everything you want from a campy, like, horror film. No pun intended, because it is about camp. But mm-hmm. I I very much enjoyed it. I can easily see why it's, like, a cult classic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. <laughs> I know we, um, one thing we had a lot of discussion about in the movie is because when Judy dies, we actually get to kind of see the killer in the doorway um and it's like backlit and you can't quite make out the face so we we had some we had, some we had to like pause the movie to yeah because i was like oh see it's angela i was right and erica was like no it's ricky her cousin and i was like no because <laughs> you fully see their face but even with that we like couldn't come to an agreement of who it was because of the mm-hmm. way it was like lit and shot yeah and both of those are very valid (laughs) yes I I think it was very easy to interpret it either way but you know we were like yeah because I thought I thought that or I thought maybe she had taken like killed another boy and kind of had it in front of her I don't know I was kind of leaping I think maybe for that theory but the reason why it's so weird is because um so the actress who played Angela her name is Felisa Rose uh, and her mother did not want her to be, like, shown killing. Like, she didn't want her to, like, not even for the shots where you're just in the POV and just see the hand. She did not want her to do that. 
um, because she was just so young. So young that she didn't get to even see this movie till way later, (laughs) until she was old (laughs) enough to see the movie. So they actually got the boy who played Ricky, whose name is Jonathan Turston, to mm-hmm. do those um which the cast like the director and stuff was like oh that actually works out it'll help you know keep um kind of misguiding so every time you see like the hands it's his hands um and he is actually the actor in the door and they just put a wig on him <laughs> okay like a like a back part of a wig on him for that scene so um, all the scenes where someone is killing or you quote unquote see the killer in some capacity, it's all him, which is probably why I was like, but that's somebody else, I think. Yeah, I could, well, that was the other thing, because I was like, I can see where you think it's Ricky, but like, look, they have long <laughs> hair. And you were like, like, <laughs> like, yeah, but <laughs> I'm confused, which is the long hair was why I thought maybe Angela was behind whoever it was. Like using yeah. them to get into the cabin or something. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't. So that's why. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Wasn't she like 13 when she played this role? She was really little. She was really little. I think so. Um, and I think a lot of things she didn't, similar to kind of um, the little boy from The Shining that they, they didn't like, I think she knew they were shooting a horror movie, but they also didn't. It wasn't like she like saw all the horror or anything like that (laughs) and and she she was not able to see the movie until way later in her life when she was old enough to see it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so she didn't even see her own premiere (laughs) that's probably good yeah probably for the best i'm sure it was the same with the other you know like um what paul and ricky and stuff like that too but (laughs) But yes, there are a lot of sequels for this movie. Uh, from what I've read about them, don't watch them. <laughs> uh, only one of them even stars Angela, and they're kind of a weird order, and they just kind of get sillier and goofier and dumber. Like they, it doesn't seem like they add to anything. And a lot of their plots is just Angela finding new ways to be in a kids' camp <laughs> and murder people. Like one of them, it turns out that she's like the cop. Uh. What? Who, who who came to to investigate and so she like takes off the her mask as the cop and starts laughing at the end and in another one uh she like escapes from the hospital um i think kills a camp counselor heading to camp and just pretends to be her it's wild and it's dumb <laughs> I, they don't seem worth <laughs> watching um if you're you know, still looking for something like good <laughs> or or to help add to the sleepaway camp lore or anything like that. Um, there was a movie that was supposed to apparently come out either this year or maybe a couple of years ago, um, but it just never ended up getting made. I think it was written and everything, but they just never made it. So some fun facts there too. <laughs> yeah. Thank yes. I did enjoy it, though. It was a cool ride, and they did a lot of things really cool. And, like, is it the best movie ever? No. But, you know, but it's still, like, campy and nostalgic and overall good time. It's everything you want from a movie like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you watch it, and you finish it, and you're like, this is exactly what I signed up for. Good job, (laughs) Camp. (laughs) This is what I wanted. A nice little twist. 
some some slashy murder. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how many B cups out of ten? <laughs> so B cups for me. I'm sorry, that reminds me of that dumb jo- joke. Uh, why does Ariel wear seashells? Because <laughs> she does. Yeah, because she she's a seashell. I think they said because she didn't fit in the B shell. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, uh, B. Ooh, how many B cups out of ten? You said. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would give it. I guess six, just because it did give me exactly what I wanted, so I can't really knock it since it was still satisfying. Uh, but it's certainly not like a fancy movie or super deep or anything like that. So uh, I'll stay at a, like a cool six. Exactly, <laughs> actually, what I was gonna give it as well, <laughs> six, because again, yeah, it's it's exactly what you want from a campy horror movie. But I think some of the stuff that they tried to do that was maybe more like artistic or meant to be more highbrow kind of fell flat like there's the one flashback scene when Angela and Paul were going to make out where uh the two little siblings we see who like you know are in the boating accident in the beginning they see their dad in like bed with another man and they're like giggling and then they're just like sitting on a bed and pointing at each other the two little kids are and I think that's supposed to be misleading for us as an audience, like, oh, maybe Angela's weird about sex because her dad was gay. But you're also yeah. like, that doesn't really make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, like, what? Huh? <laughs> it, it just, it doesn't, like, add or take away or help. <laughs> really? A little confusing, but, I mean, I didn't hate it. So, uh, yeah, I give it a cool six. It was good. It was. It's something I might watch again on, like, Halloween or something, you know, but um, it did its job. Good job, Sleepaway Camp. Yay, Sleepaway Camp. Who directed Sleepaway Camp? Did we already say that? <laughs> no, we didn't. Oh. We forgot to say the director. Sorry, director. Uh, his name is Robert Hiltonsek. Good job, Robert. Uh, and he also wrote the screenplay, so cool, cool, cool. Oh, good job, Robert. Yeah, he, he was getting it. <laughs> like, all around. But yep. So that's Sleepaway Camp. All right. Well, uh, we may have another episode out for y'all this Halloween. We may not. We'll see how life goes. Yep. We'll let you know, but we are still doing the podcast, I promise. (laughs) Yes, we're just, you know, we're, uh, we're doing it when we can, for sure. Um, all the movies we said we were going to do this October are still next up on our list. Uh, Carrie, The Exorcist, Halloween, like, we're going to do those for sure. Mm-hmm. They just are going to be a little bit later than expected. But, hey, you know, the wait is worth it. To, It'd be to like that. Our dulcet voices talk about um, liquid gelatin being pumped <laughs> into fake blisters. Yeah. I, I love practical fix so much. <laughs> They're so good, and like, not that we haven't made incredible leaps and bounds with CGI, because it's really incredible what we can do with CGI effects now. However, I personally, the personal opinion, I think Erica and I agree on this. I prefer person, like, oh my gosh, practical effects, mm-hmm. just because I think it it lends a lot more to being kind of like immersed in the movie for me. Mm-hmm. 
and then CGI effects where practical effects aren't possible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, it even works best in um, combination. Like, have you ever seen the Great Gatsby movie? <laughs> I know that's not really a thriller or chiller, but um, there's um, there's a scene in the like the newer movie where they go, they're like driving. Um, and they actually have, like, some cutouts of what looks like the bridge because they're driving on a bridge. So they did still use CGI to, like, Photoshop them on the bridge and, you know, because it zooms out to show that they're driving across the bridge and all that. But all the lighting on the car is practical. And so the scene really does look good. And even, like, when I was watching it, I was like, how did they do that? Like, how do you CGI light that well? Yeah. And it looked great. And I just, I wish they would they wouldn't throw them away and merge them Mm -hmm. at the very least. And listen, this is not me saying I don't love Marvel movies because I do, because I'm an American who grew up, you know, (laughs) Iron Man. When Iron Man came out, I was 10 years old. So I grew up with that whole MCU arc, whatever. I kind of hate how a lot of them, it's just them in front of a green screen. And that's how they film the entire movie. Like, I feel like the whole thing is just they put them in a green suit and then they put them in front of a green screen and that's how they film the whole movie. It does hurt. And sometimes, like, even when they CGI bigger things, like, it's not even, it doesn't even look like it's even in, like, the same shape. Like, it's just a gray blob and they make that Thanos or or they make that the Hulk and you're kind of like, dang, all right. And you're like, <laughs> and again, it's incredible that they can do all that. But sometimes I'm like, I wish Chris Evans would punch that man in the face for real. (laughs) I wish they had made, like, a real alien model or something. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I think the Lord of the Rings is a great example of this. Like, all the orcs and stuff, like, it was all, like, masks and practical effects and costumes. And it looks so cool to this day. I love the Lord of the Rings. Come at me. It's so good. I grew up on it. Yes, and I know we'll probably have this conversation even again, because um, one of the movies on our list, I've seen it a lot of times, so it's not necessarily high up on the list, just because, <laughs> you know, but um, I've talked about it several times now, it was uh, The Thing, uh, directed by William Carpenter, I believe, uh, love that movie, great movie, all practical effects, body horror, which I have a love-hate relationship with, all probably because of that movie, like, I love that movie. It's one of my personal favorites. Um, but they made, a, like, a prequel, technically, because it's supposed to detail, like, what happened before that. I won't spoil anything since we're going to get there eventually. But um, it turns out that they actually shot the prequel all in um, practical effects. And then when they did it, I guess people didn't really like it or somebody didn't really like it. And so they reshot it all or they did it all in CGI instead. I was like, you couldn't, like, keep any of them? Like, you couldn't merge them? Like, you didn't have to throw all of that away. Like, you can touch things up with CGI and still have the practical. But I guess we'll see. I haven't seen that one yet, and that one will probably also be on our list since it's, like, the follow-up. But, um... (sighs) The argument persists. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Uh, Was it you who didn't like the long arms... No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. I had a freshman year roommate and Erica and I, we, uh, the three of us would watch like Markiplier play horror video games at like 3 a.m. And I, I knew it was one of them hated like the really long spindly arms. And I 
couldn't remember if it was Erica or my roommate. It was, yeah. (laughs) Which was valid. Because we, I think we found out because we watched um, Mark play the, it's not the latest Resident Evil anymore. Because I think another one came out. But it's the one where he tries to get his girlfriend. And he's out in like the country house. (laughs) And like, he, he ends up at the table with like the crazy mom and the old guy. Ooh, yeah, that was gross. I can't remember what that one was called, but it was that one. <laughs> Did you have something that ooked you out? Because I thought you both had something. I, yes, I don't know. I can't remember what, because I, I think you're right, but I can't remember what I said then. I totally do have things that ick me out. Um, yeah. Because we would play, like, bingo with, like, the long arms and then whatever it was that freaked you out, but I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe it's, like, because there was one enemy where you had to, like, shoot it and, like, the characters in that Resident Evil game are super gross, so they kind of have, like, I hate, I definitely have the, what is it called? Is it, like, tryptophobia or whatever? I don't like the holes. Yeah. I do not like it. And so some of the characters has, like, sores or, it was gross. (laughs) I I definitely don't like that. Um, Yeah. Like I said, love hate with body horror. I know in one of the Monsterland episodes, like the lady stabs her ear. Hate that. I hate it when people get like stabbed in the ear uh, or like stabbed in the eye. Freaks me out. It was the one, like the music one, because she hears like the trumpet player and so she like runs to the kitchen after her son confronts her. (gasps) Yeah. And she like grabs the screwdriver and I was like, yeah, did not like that. <laughs> I have a weird thing with kneecaps and like that's it. I'm pretty sure. That's valid. I, I ooh, the kneecaps. Kneecaps definitely bother me in theory just because I've been witness to a couple knee injuries. When I went to a private school, it was actually the one I went to before I moved where I am now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, cause I went with one of your old friends uh, yes. and there was a guy in our class who he came to school one day and it turns out he had just like snapped his kneecap. It was awful. <laughs> he was like playing a sport and he, he just looked not well. Like oh my it was gosh. rough. I was it, like, that can happen. You can do that. <laughs> it was actually that old friend that you went to school with. It was, it was her mom who was the bird nurse. Oh, <laughs> dang. <laughs> yeah. <Nothing there. laughs> It was probably around the time you were in school together. She witnessed <laughs> the motorcyclist's leg being degloved. We were friends, so I never heard that story. We were friends when, I, when we were kids at that time. Ooh, ooh, ooh boy. <laughs> oh, I don't need this. I would like to put a new outfit on my leggy. Oh my gosh. Hey, I'm not really feeling this skin. Can I get new ones? <laughs> if you ever do need a skin graft, um, they don't care what color your skin is. You just get whatever color they got in the freezer. I would hope that at this point in time, <laughs> maybe they have some more dark skin in there. However, I guess I wouldn't be too hurt because uh, I always thought vitiligo was very pretty. <laughs> I, know. I always, I always yeah. found it very pretty. I never really... I thought it was a very pretty thing, so so I guess I wouldn't be too mad. I would just be annoyed if, like, because, like, I sunburn super easily. I'd be super annoyed if, like, only one patch on my leg got tan. 
I'd be like, no. <laughs> no, no, but you're right, because <laughs> I'd have a little patch, and I'd be like, dang it, my patch is sunburned. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Excuse me, guys, I have to put sunscreen on my patch. On my <laughs> so, like, it's, it's definitely a first world problem, because I guess I should be thankful I have some skin. Oh, but definitely a first world problem, for still sure. Still an inconvenience. It's just things you don't think of, you know? Because I think at the, at the moment, you're like, oh, thank God you have some skin in the freezer. This is going to be great. I know I heard of a case where, because, you know, they can take skin grafts from just about anywhere if you decide to, like, you know, or, like, if you move skin from other places. Like, sometimes they do it for plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. But they also do it for trauma. And I think I saw one lady, even though the, she might have been born with, like, just a like an odd patch of skin but Mm -hmm. whether they had to like take it from her and place it there or she was born with it she actually had a patch of skin on her face uh which unfortunately was kind of like the patch of skin on your like pubic region Mm -hmm. so she was growing like pubic hair on her face just because like that's the type of hair that that's kind of skin grows like that's how that works so (laughs) i was like it's it's a very interesting case but i could definitely see that how that's inconvenient (laughs) I actually knew someone who needed a skin graft on their hand and this was an extremely hairy person and they were like, oh, we're going to get a skin graft from somewhere else on your body. Like, where do you like not have like a lot of hair? And they were like, nowhere. <laughs> Cries. I think they eventually took it from like their hip. <laughs> their hip. Yeah, they were, they were like, here, this like two by two inch patch of skin. Girl, I'll be on the. Sorry, girl, I can't go on that date. I have to nair a patch of skin on my head. (laughs) No. It's kind of rough out there. But it's cool that they could do that. There's definitely nothing wrong with that either. And uh, I would absolutely donate some of my skin to you if you needed some. It'd probably be a little weird, but (laughs) I would do it. That's really sweet. I don't know if they take, like, can they take grafts of skin from living people? I think it's, like, an organ donor thing. Well, I guess maybe more in the sense of, like, plastic surgery. You know, they can, like, take a little part from somewhere. Well, you're already getting, you're already getting, like, my mummified tattoos written into my will, so you'll get those at least, but probably don't put those on yourself. I cannot wait to go to your will reading and have them read that out. And it's just me and your and your siblings sitting next to your parents. And your parents are like, what? And your, your siblings are like, yeah, word. I love how in this scenario, I'm outlived by everyone I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. Which is not necessarily wrong. No, you live long and prosper. No, just I'm imagining you and my siblings all being like in your 90s. And my parents are there like 115. <laughs> like they're just they just refuse to go they're gonna be around until their Methuselah age (laughs) Erica she has granted you her mummified tattoo me yes (laughs) my parents (laughs) family and children huh Girl, what you say your kids are gonna be like Auntie Erica's really (laughs) really has always been out there I guess Auntie Erica's gonna be hobbling in at 95 and be like, yes, I got the mummified skin, and my kids are gonna be like, 
mom was so weird. <laughs> she had such weird friends. That's what mom gets for making friends with someone who has an ethical bone collection. An ethical bone collection, yeah. I have to remember to say that to people. Oh my god, in my, like, I don't know if any of you guys do this out there. I'm sorry, we've devolved into chit-chatting. <laughs> but I don't know if any of you guys do this out there, but I have, like, a list on my phone of funny things that my friends and I will say, and I will write it down for posterity's sake. And I was going to write something down that I believe Erica said, and the last thing I had written in there was a quote from me which said is that leg ethically sourced and then I was terrified because I didn't remember the context of it at all (laughs) then I remembered I love oddity shops and like antique stores and I went to a new one which had extremely horrendous energy I would never go back there were so many dead things in that store that I don't know if you can legally have those dead things, um, including half a giraffe, <laughs> like a two-headed calf, which nearly made me cry, um, a fox, an alligator, um, oh, something else. So many things. So many things. In a very small space, might I add, including a human leg. And then I believe I that, that's when I looked at my friend and said, do you think that leg is ethically <laughs> Which is a valid question. There's a lots of there's a a creator. I actually used to follow him too, but his name is, is like Jones Bones or something like that. And he has like a wall of human spines, and people are like, I just don't know if you could really have those in an ethical way, especially like well, even when people like donate their body to like science, that's still not quite what they mean, especially because yeah. it's like a huge wall. It's definitely probably more on the gratuitous side <laughs> in terms of a collection. Do you remember, this is like old, old Tumblr, but there was that witch on Tumblr who got arrested for like human body part trafficking because she would go to cemeteries in New Orleans and like steal bones. Yes. I remember that. It was like a whole court. Oh my goodness. She was trying to sell them for people's like spell jars because she's like, you can use animal bones, but human bones just hit different. And (laughs) everyone's like, where are you getting human bones that was insane i remember that it's so funny too because i think i remember i remember hearing something about a beach like like maybe it's one thing if you if something watches on the, up on the beach but she was literally like let me walk into the cemetery oh my gosh i found a bone <laughs> and she was like so incensed that people were mad at her she's like how dare you accuse me of being unethical and we we're like you're stealing bones uh, yes like from a place where they're supposed to be damn <laughs> Fun fact, um, there used to be a lot more mummified bodies in the world, but Victorians would grind them up and eat them because they thought it would keep them youthful. Ooh, they also used to use them for a paint. I think it was a green paint. Yes. They don't do it anymore, but yes, <laughs> I can't remember if it was corpse green. It was something. That's not Mummy green. green. Yeah. But yeah. Victorians. <laughs> Which is which always makes me laugh when people kind of react about cannibalism or like maybe weird, borderline cannibalistic parts of other cultures. Like there's a culture where when someone dies, they'll like rinse the body and they'll use the water that they use to rinse the body to make rice, and then everybody eats the rice. And I do that with a live person. Like. (laughs) 
for me the, the issue isn't that they're dead it's that they did that at all I wouldn't do that with someone who was fresh out the shower that is so <laughs> nasty to me that's Ew. valid the people will be like cannibalism and I'm like it's really not <laughs> you'd be surprised that's just like using someone's bath water <laughs> gamer girl funeral water <laughs> oh no. That's gonna be, I will be rich in death. I'll do it. They think I'm playing. <laughs> I will be the creator yeah, of Game If I show up to your funeral and they're serving rice, I'm not eating it. <laughs> it's okay. I'm pretty sure my mom would be like, absolutely not. My brother, absolutely not. This, again, in this scenario, why are we outlived by our parents? <laughs> again. In my defense, my great-grandma did live to be a hundred and something, so it's certainly plausible. Yeah, that's fair. She did outlive a lot of her kids, unfortunately. I know it's probably sad, even though after a while, you know, I don't think she really realized, per se, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, if your mom does live to be, like, 110 and you die at, like, 92 or whatever, she is gonna have to help me plan your funeral, because I know your will's about to be like, first of all, I want body rice made to be served in my funeral. <laughs> Second of all, I want my leg to be given a sky burial, and then I want my <laughs> other leg to be buried in the Redwood Forest, and then I want my head to be cremated, and then I want my arm to be buried at sea, and I want my other arm to be encased in an iceberg, and like... <laughs> no, if I marry someone, and I mysteriously die, and they, and they go, she wanted to be, like, released into the ocean... They murdered me. I do not like the. I do not mess with the ocean, even in death. No, thank you. The ocean is scary, and those creatures are weird. It's scary. I my sibling for a while was um studying marine biology, and they were scuba diving. They offered to teach Erica and I, and we're like, "But can you teach us like in a swimming pool, and you can throw those like plastic rubies at the bottom, and we can pretend we're pirates, but we don't want to learn in the ocean." And they were like, why don't you want to learn the ocean? I'm like, because there's fish. Scary. And it doesn't matter how many, like, I just saw a video on TikTok of a, of a girl. She was, like, cleaning an aquarium tank. And the little octopus just wanted to, like, hold her hand. And it was really cute. But I would not. <laughs> you, nope. you will not catch me down there. Well, anyone who knows me knows that one of my biggest irrational fear People say it's an irrational fear. I think it's entirely rational. I'm terrified of whales. They're One day, <laughs> they will kill us all. They're, they pulled us all into thinking that they're these docile creatures who love humanity. They don't. They're going to take over the world. I feel like that's valid. Especially, like, <laughs> like, I've never seen a whale. Like, I know this maybe isn't the greatest thing, but, like, you know... Like, I've seen a shark in an aquarium, right? I know that sharks can be chill, you know? Uh, <laughs> and the closest thing that I have to seeing a whale at an aquarium is, like, the killer whales, which have killed many of their trainers. <laughs> and so I think getting bigger is only getting worse. <laughs> I've seen killer whale. Well, I've never seen a killer whale in an aquarium, but I have seen a beluga whale. But, like, blue whales, blue whales and, like, humpback whales, like, as a living creature, what business do you have being that big unless you're trying to kill somebody? No, 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 no. Because you learn in school that they eat krill, but they can't. No. All that body, they eat people. 
They're eating people. It's on tinfoil hats. Whales. People are like, oh, I love to listen to whale songs as I fall asleep. And I'm like, do not play that around me. The whales are real metal, too. Time as we know it. They get born and they're like, hope you make it to the surface, bro. (laughs) The whale goes like, oh, they're like, oh, God, that's so beautiful. But what the whale is really saying is death to all. We will tear open the fabric of space and time. The Bermuda Triangle, just whales. (laughs) Just whales. Anyways, thank y'all for (laughs) for joining us this week. Again, our topics are varied and delightful. Join us again in the near future as we watch and discuss, uh, what was it, Carrie was up next? Yay. Yeah. And we'll see if Stephen King can redeem himself in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I hope you're ready to hear me whine because that movie makes me so upset. Not for any problematic reasons. It's just a very tumultuous movie for me as an empath. <laughs> Eric, that just movie, really like, bad. Ah! <laughs> just let her have something. <laughs> let her have something. <laughs> she didn't even do nothing. <laughs> Until then, we love y'all. Thank you for listening, and stay spooky, everyone. Stay spooky! Woo!